Welcome everyone. Let's talk about science today, a little bit, not too much. But I wanted to make this podcast on the Akashic Records and science. And as you probably know, I am an Akashic Record reader, have been for almost 10 years. And I also work with energy healing, and I also have background in science. Not very complex science. In my case, it's linguistics and um, social science, so uh, sociology, statistics, and so on. And I think there are two... We still live in the world of separation. So there are two primary branches that would talk of the Akashic records. In rare cases, they converge. But my experience for the past, uh, let's say, six or seven years has been that they rarely converge. And that's, that's changing for me now. So that's part of what I wanted to share. And the two branches I'm talking about is the esoteric and the scientific. And the Akashic records go into the extremes of the esoteric, right? And then you can bring up the extreme scientific and say, oh, this is all New Age woo, uh, nothing to support in, in hard science. Which is actually not true. Many respected scientists have been talking about the Akashic records, uh, but in a different format and maybe in different words. And so... What I'm talking about is that there is this opposition which actually doesn't exist. So I wanted to talk about the Akashic Records and science, how they intertwine. And I believe in the coming decades, we'll talk about it more and more. And the Akashic experience will expand beyond the so-called New Age Wu or talking about soul groups and star seeds because it's much bigger and it's more important than this and people have different approaches to the Akashic field. And I would also like to view the Akashic records more broadly because it's definitely more than just a place where you say gather information on a starseed soul group this may be very important and very validating for many people at certain stages of their lives but that's not all so i think what is wanting and what is needing to emerge for us collectively as a society is openness to this akashic perspective and that's actually where science is arriving right now. Now, in science, the Akashic field has been given many names, but the person to look for in terms of bringing this scientific theory of the Akasha is Erwin Laszlo, a Hungarian researcher who is, I think, over 90 now. And um, some of his books are The Dawn of the Akashic Age, um, The Akashic Experience, The Self-Actualizing Cosmos. And uh, I think the first uh, kind of seminal book was uh, Science and the Akashic Field. So Lashlo talks about the Akashic Field, which is the 
memory of the universe. And he refers back to the Sanskrit concept of Akasha, ether, empty space. And I think I mentioned uh, in several podcasts that it's that source, right? The womb of matter. It's the source of the universe. It's what the place, the space, the the frequency from which everything arises and into which everything goes. But it's beyond matter itself. It has a more fine frequency than matter. And for Lashlo, this is relevant because he correlates it then with multiple other scientific theories, including quantum physics and what we know and what we don't know about matter recognizing that modern science couldn't actually answer many questions, especially in terms of the so-called miraculous healings or how information came to us, how brilliant scientific theories arose in the minds of scientists, right? Einstein, for example, or the chemical, the periodical table of elements that came to Mendeleev in in a dream. He was struggling with it for, I don't know, weeks or months, maybe years, uh, ultimately, until he gave up and the table came to him in a dream and it was perfect. So by his own mind, he couldn't figure it out, but it just came. Um... And Lashlo writes uh, that the Akashic records, the Akashic field is the field of information. And scientists concur that at least groundbreaking physicists and uh, quantum physicists, astrophysics, etc. are beginning to realize that the primary function in the universe is information and matter is kind of side effect that actually information is the basis exactly that the womb of the elements so what Laszlo writes for example is that although most of us think of information as data or what a person knows physicists and other empirical scientists so empirical meaning those who validate, observe the research, the effects. So biologists, for example, physicists, right? So it's not purely abstract and philosophical, but it's the science that you can touch um, to an extent when we go into the laws of physics and so on, where we can't touch the planets, but it's observable as something that you can see either with your eyes or with finer uh, machinery. Um, So physicists and other empirical scientists are discovering that information extends far beyond the mind of an individual person or even all people put together. In fact, it is an inherent aspect of nature. And Laszlo further mentions the great physicist David Bohm, who called it in formation. So it's not information, but it's information. So it's a message that forms the recipient. It's not just recordings of everything that happened. That's how the Akashic Records is often defined. That's true. But 
from the point of view of Lashlaw and now many other scientists, whether conventional or on the margins of conventional science yet, it's a forming field. Think of um, morphic resonance, right? Rupert Sheldrake, the field that informs, gives form to the recipient. And information is not a human art of artifact. It's not something that we produce by writing, calculating, speaking, messaging. As ancient sages knew, and as scientists are now rediscovering, information is produced by the real world and is conveyed by a fundamental field that is present throughout nature. So for Lashlo, it's the field. Rupert Sheldrake called it field. Field that informs. Bruce Lipton was talking about fields. There were, there were many, many, many other names um, in relation to this. So it's a field that stores information, but it also conveys information, right? It informs. And in that sense, light, sound, uh, frequency, vibration is all information. But we maybe some people in um, the new age field talk about, well, everything is frequency, everything is vibration. Yes, and you can go one step further and say, well, everything is information. Frequency is just the quality of information, right? The information tells you which, which frequency something vibrates in. But the primary nature of the universe is information, and it's definitely not something we produce. It's if you like, the code of creation. Now, some people with a very good um, geometric mind, with, you know, this abstract thinking and visuals, have been talking about the code of creation in forms of patterns. The patterns can be, there can be patterns of speech, patterns of writing, patterns of behavior, but there are also geometric patterns, such as Fibonacci sequence, or um, the, uh, let's say, I don't know, cube, square, circle, platonic solids. So, for example, uh, Marshall Lefferts wrote a book called Cosmometry, right? Cosmic and Geometry, Cosmometry, where he discusses exactly that, how the uni universe is fractal, where largest patterns replicate all the way down to the smallest organism, so our cells behave similarly to planets. And again, that's part of information, that's part of the that field, right? The field that informs it, where, yes, everything follows a cosmic order, and if we're not seeing it, perhaps we don't know it, we don't register it yet, but it's there. It's actually not chaotic. Now, a lot of quantum-type connections, non-local, uh, are not recognized by biology and medicine uh, for the most part. So conventional science now talks about quantum realm as quantum realm. So it's somewhere in the physics laboratory where there are those weird quantum particles. 
and in the real world they don't <laughs> they don't operate it's a different world so it, almost like there are two different realms right? one is the quantum realm and another is the physical realm but truth is they coexist they're just two different levels of reality quantum realm is finer it's this akasha that informs our reality whereas the physical reality is what is being informed including us but we as humans we have access to both um, so again to quote Lashlo um, there was um, an experiment in the 1960s where lie detector expert uh, his name was Cleve Baxter um, and he placed the electrodes of his lie detector on the leaves of a plant in his office. I don't know if, what, if it was by accident or by purpose, but he was very surprised because he found that the instrument registered reactions by the plant. For example, the very instant Baxter nearly had an accident on the street outside below, the polygraph revealed electrical resistance of the plant. So there was a change in electromagnetic field of the plant that happened at the same time when Baxter had an accident, almost had an accident, outside on the street. So non-local, but there was a connection. And much later on, uh, there was research in 2012, um, Ben Bending of the University of California, um, he had similar research and said, well, his research supported the claim, plants have some sort of perceptual faculties that allow them to sense human emotion. Now, I was studying plant communication and trees and so on. And I take it for granted that, for example, when you approach a plant, right, you begin interacting because there is a sensing. Uh, the forest, for example, senses when a new being approaches it, when a new being enters it. There is a communication. The signals manifest electrically. Now, <clears throat> one interesting aspect was that the connection was not electromagnetic. Because they tried to use Faraday cage, uh, which blocks electromagnetic radiation, and lead shielding, but it didn't block the signals. So that communication happened on another level, on a level of a much finer field. It wasn't electromagnetic. Signals were measured electrically, but the plant communication happens at different level. Some will call it quantum, some will call it Akashic, right? So then Erwin Laszlo calls it the Akashic field. And as I said, wrote several books about it. And um, he gives a lot of examples of this, so I'm not going to go too much into this. But what I'm saying is there is research, some of it perhaps more controversial, but it's getting there while there are arguments and some would dismiss the theories completely, some would try research, but conventional science is slowly catching up to what has been known for thousands of years. And we can also go into another direction and look at the field of 
psychics and healers and um, Akashic record readers, right, intuitives. And we can also say that, well, this field is also converging with science. It's no longer completely separate and divorced from conventional science. There are medical doctors who maybe have been ostracized by the mainstream medicine, but who use their practice, who use their medical knowledge in their own practice. Um, some, for example, work with plants, um, or plant medicine or medical plants. Some work with uh, quantum type healing. There are psychologists uh, and psychiatrists who use tarot cards as a, and then Young's research. Again, it bridges those realms. So there are thousands who have Akashic experiences, although maybe they don't necessarily read Akashic records in terms of starseeds or past lives or future lives or whatever one's field of interest may be, or medical healing. There, is, for, there was a Hungarian researcher uh, who is a psychologist and also studied medicine, and she's been doing healing through Akashic-level information for decades in Hungary both distance healing of very tangible physical issues, arthritis, for example. Um, and she was sharing her experiences, how, for example, Tibetan symbols would come to her in her sleep as a response to some patient's issues. So she would know what information to send to a patient. And she also um, added... Um, nutrition, herbs, right, meridian therapy, etc. So there were many modalities, but the knowledge she received, it either came intuitively or she used muscle testing, so dowsing, either with a pendulum or with a rod. And broadly speaking, we can say, well, this is Akashic Records information as well. But that woman had a PhD in science, um, psychology, medicine, and then took on other trainings as well. So there, there are scientists who are beginning to recognize that, oh, the world is not as we had thought it would be, but there are also psychics, intuitives, and healers who are understanding, well, maybe we're not really doing anything woo. <laughs> There's, there, it's not really woo. It's, it's, it's not supernatural. It's not imaginary. It's very real. We're just working with a quantum realm that hasn't been researched enough by mainstream science, but it doesn't mean it's divorced from mainstream science. There's just so much we don't know. So we work with the Akashic field from different levels, different layers, different perspectives, but in essence it is the same field that informs us. Now, there is of course also some very pragmatic research. Um, there is, for example, um, I think in 2020 there was an article uh, that was called Hacking the Akashic Records. Now immediately you know that what kind of perspective that would be. If, uh, if it's, uh, what's it called, biohacking, right? Uh, so it's not about establishing a relationship. It's about how we can use, how we can use nature, how we can hack the body to sleep two hours and to be 300% more productive 
Um, so here it's the same, hacking the Akashic Records, the next domain for military intelligence operations. So here the um, article proposes at least to explore um, whether one can use the Akashic records for military intelligence. So if you can, <laughs> of course, very tempting, if you can hack into the Akashic records and gather as much information as you can, military intelligence would benefit. Well, jokes aside, however, um, it's I don't think it's a well-kept secret even, as it's fairly common knowledge that there has been military and government research into paranormal abilities Maybe the term the Akashic Records and Akashic Field um, weren't used so much, so often, um, but there were different names for it, right? There was Psy research, etc. But um, for decades, there have been experiments and trials with psychics and seers and, you know, those who have access uh, in one way or another, whether it's natural uh, gift and ability or the, some other, because I think it was accepted that, that some people are naturally more quote-unquote psychic than others, but there's been research in those psychic abilities to see if they can be used for for military intelligence and military operations and other similar types of uh, work and of course in business and science and etc. I don't know what the success rate has been but I'm sure the research is ongoing and I'm sure you know psychics and seers are employed in some capacities um, by militaries and world leaders, definitely. I know one world leader, for example, who, um, recently back in the news, um, who works with many psychics and astrologers and uh, magicians, black or white, leader of a very big country, not the US. Um, so it's it's known. To what extent can you use the Akashic Records for selfish purposes? That's another question, because it's kind of it's not a field that you can manipulate um, very effectively. But uh, did I have similar approach in my practice? Of course. Uh, there are some clients who would come in and ask, um, so... I have like a list of 10 people. <laughs> Tell me about them. <laughs> you know, what would you like to know? Well, they don't know what they'd like to know. They think I'm just going to open my mouth and start prophesying. So was this this kind of very utilitarian approach? It's like, well, I'll just sit here and receive and you just pour out information <laughs> over me it, it doesn't really work like um, there needs to be some focus some direction but the fact that this field exists and that there is more information that is available to us and the question is how to access it but there is information that is beyond what our conscious uh, rational, over-logical six senses can uh, present, can uh, 
oh, well, five senses. <laughs> there are five. The six is supposed to be the Akashic records. And there were also several um, people who said, well, probably in the older times when we didn't have that hyper focus on rationality and logic and reason, because that came after the Age of Enlightenment, relatively late in human history, there was no such thing as sixth sense. It was common knowledge that, well, yes, we do perceive and receive information from the invisible realms. And it's not necessarily superstition. And it's not, yes, some people were superstitious and some people are superstitious to this day, although they can call themselves very scientific. Um, But, for example, modern day superstition, positive thinking. Right? There is a belief that you can magically think yourself to success, regardless of the needs of others, of the universal will, right? Of whether it's your ego demanding resolution. No. You think positive, you'll have success. And if you haven't succeeded, you're not positive enough. Foolproof technology. Ideally, if we access the Akashic Records, we would know whether this positive thinking is going to help us or not. Or maybe we might need to think positively in a different direction. Maybe it's not part of our path to think ourselves into a $10 million inheritance. It's just not going to happen. We can be positive and positive and positive, but it's not a part of of our path. Um, So... That experience of connecting to the informing field of the universe, it changes people. And there are also, for example, in Lashlow's books, um, there are many testimonies from practitioners of various fields, be it business or science or healing, where they encounter and share their encounters with the Akashic field. Past life memories, past life regressions, business ideas, inner knowings. Um, There was someone from, um, I believe, uh, Ananda Yoga, um, one of the leaders at the time, who was composing music. And he was saying, well, music would just come to me. Now, music is very much an Akashic experience because it's a code. The Akashic records are a code as I said, it's a, they are a structure. So some people see that structure in geometric patterns, but some see it in music and mathematics and numbers. And for some, the more maybe conventional psychic types, this information would come as inner knowing or as a text in a book. And old school psychics would still visualize the Akashic Records level information as a book, like a guide would give them a book. From that quantum perspective, the quantum science perspective, it's all the same. It's just ways of interpreting this level of information. Music is an Akashic level experience per Per se, so that um, yogi, he was sharing that, um, and he didn't even know. He never composed it. There was a thought that, oh, you know, a string quartet would be very nice. When one morning he wakes up with the sound of music, 
or that he would tune in to a particular person, right, or a particular culture where he would tune in to Japan and come up with a piece of music that would resonate with the frequency of that country. And that, to my mind, that brings one of my very first teachers, Dr. Sharon Forrest, she must be in her 90s now, uh, who was saying, well, oh, the exams doesn't matter. I never studied for exams. I just tune in to the teacher. Um, and that was that was her advice for studying for the exams. Oh, just tune in to the professor. You'll be fine. That has been my experience as well in many cases, tuning in to the person where I could suddenly channel what they are thinking, what they are feeling, what they are doing. I could know beyond any shadow of doubt, oh, that's that's what this person is like. That's what they are thinking. That's how they are feeling. From there, you can base some conclusions on how they're going to behave in the future as well. But it was this absolute beyond any shadow of doubt, beyond any questions, oh, am I just imagining this? Is this my imagining? Oh, it was very clear. It was exactly this person. That's how they feel. Sometimes that's what they are doing now. It's tuning into this field of of information and it's always a magical experience because it's the source it's like you're tuning into the experience of the source now the new paradigm in science that many are speaking of we have the unified physics research we have um, as i said Mar marshall lefferts we have erin um, lashlo we have um, uh, ken wilbur um, the theory of everything it sounds very presumptuous, right? So oh, the theory of everything. But taken from another perspective, it is very reflective of the Akashic field. Because if we acknowledge the existence of the Akasha, then we understand that everything is connected to everything else, because that's exactly what this field teaches us. If we acknowledge that there are structural patterns that replicate themselves from the smallest cells to the galaxies, then we understand, oh, everything follows the same design. Everything is interconnected. The quantum physics research teaches us that particles once they establish connection, they maintain it no matter the physical separation in space. That usually is always reminded, people remember it when speaking about soul relationships and twin flame connections. But it's beyond that. Everything is interconnected. Plants feel what is happening to their humans. They establish connections. We don't see it, we don't feel it, but it's there. And it's a quantum level perception. So that, even that word, a theory of everything, it comes from this contact with the Akashic Records, because now there is a new paradigm emerging. People are, I wouldn't say discovering, remembering. <laughs> it's not new. It's just, uh, well, we we were a bit... Um, proud of scientific research of the past few centuries, then realized that we're destroying the earth and ourselves. And if we are to survive, we might as well remember that everything is connected to everything else. It's definitely not new, but for science, 
for modern science, it is new, of course, with its hubris and other other elements. Um, so, and of course, there is that there would be the other hand of science that completely rejects all of this and would call all of these theorists of the Akashic field, you know, frauds and just losers. They don't understand anything. To, you can't observe that. So, you know, get away. But the theory of everything has become very popular. And also, uh, Laszlo talks about it um, in his books. It's, it stands and emerges from the Akashic field. It's an understanding that there are universal laws underlying the whole cosmos. Without exception, we just don't know them. So we think, oh, particles are behaving this way as particles, everything else is different. It's just the beginning, it's the first step to understanding that there is a reality that is bigger than what we have been taught, right? Than, than what was observable. And so we have interesting articles in uh, peer-reviewed official scientific journals, such as, for example, Ultimate Reality and Meaning and the Cosmic Information Field. review of quantum shift in the global brain, how the new scientific reality can change us. We have articles such as Dialectics of the Akashic Field and Key related to the conceptions of space in vernacular architecture Vastu Shastra and Feng Shui. We speak about the future of education. Journeys through the Akashic Records. Causal connection, global consciousness. People are well, there are some scientists who researched uh, non-local healing, red distance healing, remote healing, um, and healing with information for decades, really. But, for example, to have an article such as oh, the quantum theory of soul, <laughs> people don't quite give up the search for the God particle. Very, very close. The quantum theory of soul. Psychedelic research, of course, the, the unified field, uh, systemic knowing. So all of these words, unified field, the theory of everything, systemic knowing, cosmometry, um, the field, some people just give up the, the attempt to name it and just say the field, it's in the field, morphogenetic field, etc. But ultimately, they speak of that same thing, the unnamed one, the space, the ether, the source, only it's not a source, a dot. Well, it is a dot, but it's also the whole cosmos. So it's a 
quantum reality. But what it all means ultimately for us, and you can look up some of the names and the articles I mentioned and have your own research on, on Google Scholar, for example, or it's, it's not much, it's not uh, universal, but the paradigm is changing, it's shifting, and it's shifting from many different perspectives, from many different fields. There are physicists, biologists, doctors, healers, writers, philosophers, uh, musicians, shamans, etc. Suddenly interacting, speaking the same language, ultimately, maybe with different words. Well, what this is doing is it's an indication of a paradigm shift that happens collectively that the field and the earth want us to have, that there are new horizons. We're opening up to the possibilities of understanding. It's also significant for the evolution of consciousness because once we acknowledge, once we understand that we are interconnected and that there is a field of consciousness that we can interact with, we can, we can also do so much more. So it's an indication of a shift of consciousness that is happening for everyone. But practically speaking, for example, I am not a theoretical physicist or a practical physicist. Right? I don't stand a chance of developing a theory of everything. What does it mean for me practically? Well, first of all, I think for me as a healer and an Akashic Record reader, in the last couple of years, my understanding of the Akashic Records has expanded. I no longer see them as a book of knowledge or as a record or a database exclusively. That, that is there, yes, but it's not separate from me. It's a space that penetrates all of reality, including myself. It's a quantum world and it's magic, pure magic. When you have a conversation with someone, and uh, in one of my recent podcasts um, with the Spirit World Center, I started talking about grief, and my host Eric said, oh, I was just having a, se a session with a client about grief. Wow, what an amazing coincidence. Coincidence, not coincidence. How do the same ideas, same events occur? They just... Come, how do we have those similar experiences? Why is it that you publish an article and within the same week, before and after, you think it's original, but there are 10 more people who publish a research on the same topic? What happened? Well, it's normal because the field because you are connected. We are connected. We suffer from the disease of disconnection, hence all the twin flame shenanigans and uh, depression, anxiety, etc. But it's a, it's not true. We're, we're not disconnected. Everything is interconnected. So the Akashic records, the Akashic field, scientifically and intuitively, it's exactly the gateway to rebuilding this connection. And it happens in a quantum way. 
So for me also my the, this expanded idea of the Akashic Records, it helps, continues to help me understand how interconnected I am, that in fact I'm connected to everyone and everything, that I'm most definitely not alone, and that I am connected to the people that are my people, right? That resonance. And then magic happens and suddenly you find your people. You don't know how, you just you just run into them. So it doesn't happen by the conscious force of whatever, right? So I decide that I'm going to look for, for my people. But it happens through the connection to this Akashic field. Then also for me, in my work, I started taking my own work more seriously. Uh, understanding that, well, no, I actually... It, it's not new age woo-woo, it's not uh, something, something very out there and irrelevant. Yes, the vocabulary may be lacking in most people because we have not been taught these things at school or at universities or anywhere else. So we have to find new vocabulary that may take time. So very often it's more efficient to do energy healing rather than try and talk to someone or try to explain things for which ultimately how can you explain quantum reality it's much faster to experience it you you go and experience that's what shifts uh, your paradigm rather than try and understand it logically which of course it, it doesn't happen try changing someone by talking to them <laughs> it doesn't work um but there is an understanding that, oh, it's it's real, it's very real, it's not some woo and some imaginary uh, stories or some very crazy experiences that are only relevant for very advanced souls. Yes, there are advanced souls, just as there is a hierarchy of everything in the world, there are souls with more experience and just as there are people with more experience, etc., and more gifts. But ultimately, the field works for everyone. So, in a sense, this renewed interest and understanding of the Akashic Records, it's again, it's a sign of a shift in paradigm. Because we are called to remember the interconnectedness of everything, and especially that we are a part of nature, that we are not above nature, but we are a part of it. As long as we are considering ourselves above it, we are on a course of destruction as a race. So that's another Akashic paradigm shift. So this understanding of interconnectedness, interwovenness, it's very healing. And it is in itself trauma healing and mind-body healing. While I haven't studied medicine, so my experience with medical uh, issues are it is very limited, but I know people who are healing medical issues through the Akashic Records. Psychological issues and paradigm shifts 
our normal occurrence in my sessions and I know people who have uh, got rid of phobias and other issues with one session or a couple of sessions and some of course haven't because they were stuck in their minds so until that until that paradigm shift happens it's very difficult to uh, to do anything but ultimately also that energy it it's a quantum field it's different it operates under different laws but the more we interact with it the more we understand its laws and the more it starts to affect us so it's definitely not woo non-local healing energy healing is very real it's very very possible and the good news is science is catching up researching and working with it and maybe we're not going to work for military intelligence as akashic, as, <laughs> as akashic record readers maybe it would have been tempting uh, but it probably not 100 percent successful probably um and then physicists and environmental scientists are again looking in different areas like how to use it for energy uh, renewable energy right so that we don't operate on natural uh, resources uh, such as uh, coal and gas and petroleum etc but we can use solar energy and wind um, and be 100 percent sustainable um, Whereas for me, for example, my personal interest is consciousness research, right? Uh, consciousness, uh, psychology, and uh, the mental emotional blocks that can be cleared through the Akashic Records. And then there's other research in medicine um, and biology, of course. Um, and to an extent overlapping... Um, was um, also in my practice I've started looking into very early life experiences so such as in utero or the very first days months after being born something we don't consciously remember but many roots of diseases and imbalances come from that place and so we can heal that again quite magically sometimes with a symbol or a sound or just sending energy like homeopathy that realigns that situation because the akashic field doesn't have space and time so when we are healing in it we are not going um or we're not bound by the laws of space and time we can go into say day five of a newborn when you were five days old at 12 o'clock this and this happened so we can go in and clear that because the field allows us to do this so that's some of the new horizons uh, let's say but the Akashic work it is very scientific and it's actually groundbreaking science so it's not woo 
<laughs> it's not imaginary. It's not, um, uh, what do they call it, snake oil. Um, it is groundbreaking science. It's the quantum science that uh, we still have decades or maybe hundreds of years to examine and develop, but it's the new paradigm of our science, research, psychology, medicine as humanity. So I am fully convinced of that and also very blessed to, uh, to work in this field and continue research and study. Yes, so that's, that's what I wanted to share with you. We are actually very scientific, those of us in the Akashic Record. So it's time to marry the, the science and the woo-woo stuff <laughs> and start working together. So many blessings and you have a wonderful day.